for what we believe in, where we stand up for equality, where we stand up for justice, and that time is now. job is to bring the American people into the process and say, do you really want to give huge tax breaks to billionaires and cut Social Security and Medicare? The American people do not want that to happen. And our job is to mobilize them through social media, through rallies out on the streets. So what kind of person are you? Do you only stand when it's easy? Do you only stand when it's popular? Do you only stand when it's convenient? Are you someone that stands no matter what is the cost? If you're someone that stands when it's right, no matter what your friends say, no matter what kind of pushback you get, then I can stand with you. Do you either stand at all times or you don't stand at all? Welcome to another exciting, heart-pounding, heart-throbbing episode of P2P Radio. I am your host, Rick Grotto. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to our show. Um, we have another exciting week. A whole lot happened um, this upcoming week between the Senate confirmation hearings, between Russia, between uh, CNN and Donald Trump, and golden showers. So there was a whole lot going down. And um, we're going to cover as much as we can, as much as we can for you Um during the next coming out of half hour so thank you for tuning in as always i'm your host uh rick Ryder, and um let's get started uh we're gonna talk about two main things is what happened between cnn and donald trump and what should be the media's role um when a certain news outlet is getting attacked and then we're also going to cover uh what the republicans seem to be doing um in congress in terms of replacing repeal and replace of obamacare and right now there seems to be a whole lot of repealing going on but as far as the replacement um they don't really seem to have a plan that they can at least uh bring to the american people so we're gonna be talking about what should be the response about that and what should they be doing uh so again thank you for tuning in to p2p radio as always so cnn there, there was a story that came out between CNN and BuzzFeed that pertain to Russia, as always, and our upcoming president, uh, President-elect Donald Trump. Now, it, there on the, on the internet, there was a lot going on about a certain aspect of it, and that was the golden shower concept. So we have um, a soundbite from um, CNN and Donald Trump um, when he finally did his press conference. And he refused to take a question from CNN, and he called him fake news um, because of this story. So the story is is that there was a British um, former uh, M16 or M6 um, a, a spy who came up with a dossier, 35-page dossier, um, pertaining to Russian uh, information that they had on Donald Trump that could be compromising, could be used for blackmail. Now, this information could not be verified. Um, because it, it, it would require basically a, a sex tape to confirm whether this information is true or not. Um, so this information, this 35 page document was then given from this British spy to John McCain, uh, Senator John McCain, who then took this information to the FBI. 
Um, the FBI then in turn took it to a briefing of President Trump, I mean President Obama, Vice President Biden, and um, President-elect Donald Trump. Now, this is where CNN and BuzzFeed come into play. CNN and BuzzFeed apparently got this 35-page dossier. Um, CNN decided not to publish this information because they could not confirm it. Instead, all they said was that there, this, there was a two-page synopsis of this document that was briefed to President Obama to, uh, and to President-elect Donald Trump. That was it. They did, not, they did not go into the details of the 35-page document because they could not verify whether it was true or not. Um, BuzzFeed took another approach where they wanted to let the American people decide. They decided to publish the information. Now, to BuzzFeed's credit, they did say that we could not verify some of this information, and some of this information is false. But since this information has been passed between Congress, the, uh, our national intelligence agencies, and the president and future president of the United States, we decided that you should know this as well. Um, and then this is where this information about the golden shower uh, comes into play because a part of that 35-page document was information saying that Donald Trump, while in Moscow, hired some sex workers to urinate on a bed that President Obama and Michelle Obama slept in when they visited Moscow. Now, again, this is unverifiable because you will literally need video evidence of this. So you're calling for a sex tape um, and that sex tape seems to not be in existence. So now we come to the present time where Donald Trump is holding his first press conference in six months. And before he started his press conference, he absolutely railed against BuzzFeed and CNN for publishing this story. Um. Now, some people say, when people say that Donald Trump is stupid, Donald Trump don't know what he's doing, I don't believe that. I think Donald Trump is a very smart individual. He's been in the media light for, for at least 20 years, so he knows how to frame an argument to his benefit. And this is where he's going to lump together BuzzFeed and CNN to attack them both and call them fake news. Uh, we got the soundbite for you. We have the exchange, and we'll um, discuss on um, the other side. Any information that turned out to be so false and fake out. I think it's a disgrace. And I say that, and I say that. And that's something that Nazi Germany would have done and did do. I think it's a disgrace. That information that was false and fake and never happened got released to the public. As far as BuzzFeed, which is a failing pile of garbage, writing it, I think they're going to suffer the consequences. They already are. And as far as CNN, going out of their way to build it up. And by the way, we just found out I was coming down, Michael Cohn, I was being, Michael Cohn is a very talented lawyer, he's a good lawyer in my firm, who's just reported that it wasn't this Michael Cohn they were talking about. So all night long, it's Michael Cohn. I said, I want to see your passport. He brings his passport to my office. I say, hey, wait a minute, he didn't leave the country. He wasn't out of the country. They had Michael Cohn of the Trump Organization was in Prague. It turned out to be a different Michael Cohn. It's a disgrace what took place. It's a disgrace. And I think they ought to apologize to start with 
Michael Cohn. And since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Go since ahead. you're no, Mr. President-elect, Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? Your organization you're, you are is attacking terrible. our news organization. organization. Can you give us a chance Let's to ask go. a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state, can, Quiet. Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically, a question. Don't Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be you're rude. Attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you no, give I'm us not a question? I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, Go ahead. can you state categorically that nobody. No, Mr. President elect, that's not Go appropriate. Ahead. Okay, so during that exchange, and, and again, um, to be fair, uh, this is an information that, and he's correct, that uh, there was certain parts of the dossier, like Michael Cohn. Um, that turned out to not be accurate, not be true. And um, that was put out by CNN. That's why they did not want to discuss the 35-page dossier because there were parts of it that could not be confirmed. Now, as far as what happens when a, we have a powerful president, a powerful human being, such as about to be the future president of the United States, openly attacking a news organization, um, calling them fake news, um, refusing to even uh, acknowledge them, or refusing to take a question. And this is where the media, should, in, in our view, should come together because the media should be a fourth state. The media should hold the government accountable and bring information and light to the American public because the, in times the government will not. Uh, so when we have a government official attacking the media in such a fashion such as Donald Trump did, um, the media should come together and call out that kind of behavior. That is what NBC did. NBC did. That's what MSNBC did, and also what even Fox News and Shepard Smith did as well. Um, so it, it's refreshing to see that. So Donald Trump seems to have this, is going to have this tick for tat with the media, um, where if they publish something that he don't like or say something that he don't like, he's going to absolutely roll against them in terms of a press conference, in terms of an interview, or in terms of his Twitter. Um, he's going to rail out against that media um, outlet or sometimes even against personal reporters. There was time during his campaign where he literally pointed at and called out uh, media reporters and in front of a crowd of his supporters. And they turned around and started booing at them, started cursing at them. Um, and there were some reporters who literally started feeling threatened because of the hostility that was received by this. So the media is going to get attacked like this. Um, and this is not to say that sometimes the media deserves to get attacked because there can be some that can say that what BuzzFeed did as a media outlet was uh, was uncalled for and out of the line and unethical, uh, especially saying that the information could not be confirmed. But that being said, um, there also is, should be a, a unison that the media should not be a scapegoat. Um, every time that Donald Trump gets something or hears something that he doesn't like, He's going to deviate attention away from that by saying that the news outlet is just fake news or saying that the news outlet is biased against him. It's a tactic that he has shared from the beginning of the campaign cycle to the ending of it and now to the beginning of his presidency. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see how the media reacts to this. CNN decided to stand by their, their, by their report. It turned out that their report was actually accurate. Um, there was a two-page report um, that was briefed to the president and the president-elect. Uh, this was confirmed by not only CNN, uh, but also New York Times, the Washington um, Post, by NBC, 
Um, also, Vice President Biden also confirmed it. So when Donald Trump says that this is not true, that is a lie. Um, it is absolutely true. Kellyanne Conway spent 30 minutes railing against CNN, uh, saying that this wasn't true. But it, So now she seemed to be hiding her face from CNN because she got called out for her lying as well. Um, but this is something that the media should have to do, um, that they have to stay on Donald Trump and whether he engages in unethical behavior or um, anything that is questionable to his presidency. Um, and it, it's good to see that, at least for CNN's part, they're, they're, they're seeming to keep on that. Um, there is going to be a balance between what is ethical and what is not, especially in the internet age where people are going to demand proof to believe something. They're going to demand that to see um, this, this report or dossier that you're referring to. They want to actually see it for themselves uh, and make a judgment. Um, and so it's going to be a, a, an interesting walk or balance that the media is going to have to do between sharing fake news and blatantly untrue news and concealing information um, from the American people. So, in either point, we're going to have to hold Donald Trump accountable when he calls out media outlets like this. I mean, he, we cannot allow him to just use it as a scapegoat or use it as a runaway tactic just to get his way or just to drive the conversation to another point. Um, because, again, the Republican Party, including Donald Trump, is really good at overstuffing the media. And what I mean by that is, showing, is shoving so much content at the media at one time that it's hard to contain. Um, this week for long, you had a slew of stuff going on. You had the confirmation hearing between Rex Tillerson, um, between Jeff Sessions, between Cory Booker, who was speaking out against Jeff Sessions. You had the first president, uh, president-elect uh, press conference. You had uh, these Russian hackings come out. Um, you also had the farewell address of President Obama. Um, and also, at the, at the same time, you have the repeal of Obamacare and the Affordable Health Care Act. So what they're doing now is trying to jam so much information, so much content at us at this point in time that it's hard to cover everything that's going on at one time. Um, but the most, the most critical thing and what, what we really need to be focused on right now is the repealing of the Obama, Obamacare, the Affordable Health Care Act. And for those that do not know, and there was, it was a, a big internet um, kind of sensation about this, is that Obamacare and the Affordable Health Care Act are the same thing. Uh, so when, if you're rooting for the repealing of Obamacare, you're also re rooting for the repealing of the Affordable Health Care Act. Um, and Republicans seem to be steadfast on doing this. They have uh, this week repealed, even though it was at 1 a.m. in the morning, um, they repealed some or beginning steps to um, put in some bills that will peel back um, concepts of the Obamacare um, provisions, such as... Uh, you cannot deny somebody because of pre-existing conditions, such as if you are a young adult under the age of 26, you can stay on your parents' health care plan. Um, certain aspects of um, insurance coverage and mandates, they're starting to, to peel back and, um, and, and repeal. Now, don't get me wrong. There are several issues with Obamacare, but it is an improvement from where we were because what we were was that oh, insurance companies could deny you based on your pre-existing condition. So if you were someone who was born with a pre-existing condition, it'd be hard for you to even get on insurance at all. Um, if you were someone who who have, um, for example, a cancer um, when you were a child, 
that could prevent you from getting on insurance when you're a young adult or when you're an adult or even a senior. So it was extremely hard for people to afford some of this health care, um, middle based on the fact that they had something that they were either born with or something that they had were exposed to as a, as a child. So it came back to hunt them as an adult. So now they have to pay for this outrageous insurance bill, outrageous health hospital bill or Medicare, um, medical care as an adult with no insurance help. And this is what Obamacare was trying to improve on. Also keep in mind that Obamacare, for the ones that are on Obamacare or the ones who have an insurance plan through Obamacare, the popularity for the people, for the ones on it is between 77 and 88%. So almost seven or eight out of 10 people who are on Obamacare actually like the plan that they're on. So if you took the political version out of it, you took the political aspect out of it, if you took the Democrat versus Republican concept out of it, it's actually a rather popular function. Um, and the people who are on it actually seem to enjoy it. It is when you put back in the political aspects, such as Obamacare or such as um, Democrats put it in, then that's when it gets less popular. Um, so Republicans, again, are starting to repeal. So now Americans are starting to ask, what are you replacing it with? You, you, you cannot leave 25 million Americans now uninsured just because you don't like the person who created it. So if you're going to replace it, you, if you're going to repeal it, you've got to have something that at least covers these people, um, if not better. Otherwise, it's going to come back and hunt the Republicans. So this is why you see a kind of splitting going on in the Republican Party. Because you have some Republicans who are steadily saying, repeal it now, don't worry about the replacement. We'll replace it at a later date, saying that, you know, it, it, it won't come back to hunt anybody until the end of 2017 when the open enrollment comes back up. Um, and then you have some people who are saying that we have to um, repeal and replace it virtually on the same day. Donald Trump is one of those individuals who can't do this press conference said that he's expecting, he's, he's planning for a replacement plan to be, to be there. Um, uh, pretty much if not on the same, if not the same week, the same day. And he, even he said the same hour. Um, but what is the plan? And I have tried researching this, um, plan and see what actual Republicans are, are pushing for. And it seems to be, it, First off, very scarce. And that's kind of funny to me because Republicans have been talking about repealing Obamacare for almost five years now. And you would think that if someone who has something for five years would come up with at least a somewhat plan to come up with. Um, so the one plan that, it, that seems to be gaining popularity is one from uh, Senator um, Ryan Paul, Paul Ryan. Um, and um, Rand Paul, excuse me, and this is the healthcare savings accounts. Who they say that you will have it a, a account with the government, um, where you can put in money, put in savings. It will be tax free, and then you can use that account to pay for whatever healthcare expenditures you, that you have. Um, from the conversation that I have had from different people in the medical field, uh, this plan, this healthcare savings plan is as, not the absolute rubbish, but it falls short of the reality of the cost that healthcare have. A, there are, Amer there are a slew of Americans who cannot afford to even put money into their own health, uh, savings accounts to pay for college, to pay for anything else. So the concept, if you think that these Americans will all of a sudden will have funds to pay for their own healthcare, to put money into healthcare savings, it kind of falls short on reality. Um, also the concept of is that even if this is tax-free, that it still falls short of the amount 
that will be required to pay for even an emergency room visit. The average cost from some of these injuries for the emergency room for a sprained or a sprained ankle or um, a sprained hand is almost fifteen hundred dollars. For an open wound, it's sixteen hundred dollars. Pregnancy is two thousand dollars. Even a headache, um, it's 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 again a Tylenol is almost five dollars a pill. Kidney stone four thousand dollars. A uh, urinary tract infection two thousand five hundred dollars. Um, back problems almost fifteen hundred dollars. So even if you put in a hundred dollars a month for yourself at the beginning of this year, at the end of this year, you will have twelve hundred dollars. The only thing that you would hopefully pay for, could be paying for, is if you had a urine uh, of an upper uh, upper uh, respiratory infection, which is about a thousand dollars a patient. So, to be clear, that this healthcare savings account will not help you pay for anything. Um, and so this is the problem that the majority of Americans are having as to saying that, how am I going to afford for this stuff? How am I going to afford to put my kids on healthcare? How am I going to afford to put my spouse on healthcare, put myself on healthcare? If there's not going to be a government, um, insurance plan that can help me out. So this is the, the problem that Republicans are having now. And this is a problem that we're going to end up having if Republicans push through this plan of repealing Obamacare without giving any alternative of, um, in advance. So now we have some Democrats, uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Chuck Schumer, some other Democrats who are trying their best to uh, speak out against the repealing of Obamacare. But just to be honest, there's little they can do because Democrats are not in power. The Republicans are in charge of Congress. I mean, in charge of House and the Senate. And there's got to be a Republican in the White House coming up in about five days. So there's not much Democrats can do except bring it to the American people, except try to say that, hey, this is what's going to happen if the repealing of Obamacare occurs. These are the consequences of this action. And to the Republicans, there seems to be a short-term memory loss of what happened when Democrats rammed it through. When Democrats ran this thing through um, in 2009, there were people who said that they should have slowed down, that they should have consolidated with Republicans, come up with one more cohesive plan so that we can have a more holistic approach to health care reform. Now, it seems that Republicans are doing the exact same thing that Democrats are doing, but in the repeal process. They're repealing this, uh, uh, the Obamacare Act at 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, trying to hurry and get it done without any replacement in place. Without even a plan to, to replace this thing. Without even giving American people to, an opportunity to say, hey, this is our plan. Tell us what you think about it. It is merely going to be, we're going to repeal this thing, and we will come up with a plan at a later date to be determined. And that plan will be the plan because we're in power. And because they have this mandate, they think that because they were voted in, that, that gives them the mandate to automatically assume that every American wants the plan that Republicans are going to put forth. And that is not the case. So it is on us to let Congress know, to call your old congressman, to come up with a plan on how to at least slow the process of this repeal process. Um, because if not, then it's going to leave a whole bunch of Americans without health care insurance, which in turn is still going to hurt the tax um, taxpayer because they're then going to have to go to uh, either Medicare or Medicaid 
or go to the extreme of going to the emergency room and have to pay for it out of hand, which again, that makes the taxpayer have to pay for it. So again, the healthcare system it will still be jacked up if the Republicans automatically repeal um, the Obamacare Act. So it's complicated, it's complex, and it we need time to actually look at what the problems of Obamacare is, um, look at what things need to be improved, what things worked, um, what things didn't work, and actually come up with a more holistic approach. And this will require um, both parties, both sides, to come together. And right now, it seems to be one side is screaming, don't do it, and the other side is screaming that we're going to do it no matter what. Um, and in turn, it doesn't hurt anybody in Congress. Let's just make that be clear. That Congress has a beautiful health care plan. They get to have their health care, regardless of what happens with Obamacare. The middle people, the ones that could not afford health care, the ones that are on Medicare and Medicaid, those are the ones that are going to get hurt. The, again, it's the average citizen that is being toyed with right now, that is on the line for this, not the people that are making the decisions. So it, is on, it behooves us to actually come together and have a real discussion about what healthcare, what our view of what healthcare is, what it should be, um, and also what, what role does the government play in it. Um, and that only when we had a discussion, when we have a, an actual look at that, uh, will, will we be able to actually make a healthcare system that works for all Americans? Because it is a concept of the belief that Americans should have access, a basic access, to a doctor what I have to get in debt to pay for that visit I should be able to go to the emergency room um, if I have an injury and not automatically have to be put in debt just to pay for that injury um, and there are also again multiple other countries that have universal health care in fact we are one of the only remaining when Bernie Sanders said that this is not just a talking point this is actual fact that there are actual other countries, Tibet, for example, who have, who have come up with an example of what universal health care is that actually works. So why is the concept that America can't have this kind of um, health care system or shouldn't have this kind of health care system or can't come together as, as two political parties to come up with an actual solution is absolutely baffling. Um, and so what, what happens in the next year in terms of Obamacare? Because hopefully Obamacare will last to, for the next year. What comes up after that with Republicans in charge is going to be interesting. And hopefully, again, they can come together and come up with a good plan, um, present it to the American people, and then give us time to decide whether we like that plan or not, rather than automatically repealing something and giving us no alternative to what it will be. Um, also, Thank you for tuning in. For again, thank you for tuning in to uh, PTP Radio, and we also have some interesting news coming up to the concept of um, the inaugural inauguration of um, President-elect Donald Trump. We'll be broadcasting live uh, from the inaugural on this upcoming Friday. Um, we're planning to be there, broadcast live on Facebook, and uh, let you get a virtual uh, taste of what's going on for the inaugural uh, inaugural inauguration of uh, President Donald J. Trump. Uh, we went to the, the Lincoln Memorial, and regardless of political party, to, to see the transformation of D.C. is truly, bre uh, truly breathtaking. Um, to, to see the stages being crafted and built up on National Mall, uh, to see the Lincoln Memorial um, 
begin to be transformed for um, the ceremony is it, truly breathtaking. And um, regardless of political party, to have that experience and see that experience, it, it will be good. Um, so hopefully uh, it will be a, a time of unison as far as the transition of power. But it does not mean that we stop resisting um, what Donald Trump is presenting if we feel that it is not according to what the majority of Americans want. Um, or, for that example, it is not protecting or benefiting the majority of Americans. So, again, we'll be broadcasting live. We'll get more details about that. Um, and we'll be streaming live from P2P Radio um, and give you more details as they come about. So, again, thank you for tuning in to P2P Radio. Thank you for uh, listening to our weekly podcast. Be sure that you can check us out on Mixer.com and also on SoundCloud.com um, and also on iTunes. You can subscribe to our RSS feed and get updates as they're put out. Um, and also, you can check us out on YouTube for more um, news updates and opinion. So, again, as always, thank you for tuning in to P2P Radio. I'm your host, Rick Ryder. I will check you back next Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, thank you as always, and we will catch you back on upcoming Friday for the inauguration address of President-elect Donald J. Trump. Until then, peace out, have a great week, and power to the people.